Hey, thanks for watching. I'm your host, Chris Swainhart, and this is Gun Stuff. Yep, that background you see, that's the real McCoy. That's the Arizona mountains behind us. And not too far from here are the border, where all kinds of people are coming across trying to get into this great way of life we have here in America. I'm a little concerned that it might not be so great if we continue with the same open border policy. But hey, here we are, and we're glad that you're with us. And speaking of our show, we got some great guests today. Tactilod, Biofire, and HRT. I tell you what, uh, you're not going to be disappointed. You stick along here, you're going to see some groundbreaking technology that is perfect for the shooting sports. Now, if you're like me, you're interested in the Second Amendment. We always try and feature some news. I'm going to try and make this very clear for you. This is in the news just this morning. A federal judge in Texas blocks Biden's ATF pistol brace rule on the day of the deadline to register weapons. Now, just a second, let's parse that a little bit. Register weapons. Now, wait a minute. There's 40 million of us that have pistol braces. That, that means we're all going to have to register or we will be felons. Hmm. Now, if you're one of those, you should have a question mark. Or if you know somebody, you ought to be asking yourself, what's this about? Uh, maybe I'll just take the uh, pistol brace off and then I'll be in good shape. That might not be enough. You're going to have to contact some legal representative. Now, I'm not positive, but according to this headline, the federal judge blocked this. So it's not going into effect today. But hey, I want to make this clear to you, and I'm going to spend just a second on it. Just yesterday, I guess, the House and the Senate passed a resolution to increase our national debt by $2 trillion a year for the next two years, pushing this out, the budget fight out, till after the election. They didn't want it to be an issue. There's nothing we can do about it. You know, a trillion dollars, if you were born back in Jesus' day and you, somebody gave you a million dollars every single day till today, that money would not even equal a trillion dollars. Every trillion dollars of debt means $8,000 that you personally owe. Now, you may not understand these things, but you should be understanding it. So the question is, why do people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Thomas Massey, who's been on our show, and many other so-called conservatives voted for this? Why did they do that? Well, they don't really care about what's going to happen to this country fiscally. It's going to degenerate into a nightmare. Uh, Kerry talked about, John Kerry says, by... 2030, 2030, we're going to have to have uh, net zero uh, farms. That means we're going to have food riots because there's no way to feed this country. And, and what does this all mean by 2030? Well, there's going to be uprising. That's why they want to get rid of the Second Amendment. This is them tipping their toe into the water to find out about gun confiscation and registering weapons. This is it right here. You are seeing it. And if you're not paying attention, you're missing out. 
Now, you don't understand all of this. Uh, we're going to have this up on social media. Hit rewind and do some investigation of your own. It sort of sucks if you ask me. Hey, I want to bring along our co-hosts today. We've got with us in the studio, Ursula, whose shining smile lights up every room that she ever goes into. And Scott, whose uh, magnanimous personality does the same in all the walks of life. Hey, guys, thanks for being on the show. Thanks. On uh, what? Thank you. National be here. Default Day and uh, National... Uh, Happy Felon Day if you have a pistol brace. So, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yay. Some yeah. paper felon. Yay. I'm in. I'm in. It, I know. Yeah. Club. Yes. <laughs> it is no good. I don't like it. No, not this at all. This is serious kind of stuff, and mm -hmm. it's making my head explode. Uh, I don't know how much longer I can take it. Hey, hey yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, look, everybody yeah. started been stocking up on mags since... Uh, uh, name uh, <laughs> name a school shooting, which was a fed up, you know, psyops. So mags, food, water, and you should be self-sufficient and ammo. So pretty much if you're not a prepper, you need to be one. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Scott, this uh, yeah. you sent me some great media, and we're going to put it on the screen yes. here. Let's talk about this. This is the Legion 911 Memorial a run and by the way guys it looks a little washed out i pumped this up they could barely see it was so dark scott tell our viewers what they're looking at this is sort of an honor of a memorial day if i'm not mistaken scott yes so this is so this is the legion 911 memorial run against run on the 911 uh, anniversary every year uh and this is a 10k race uh, it honors the Fifth Festival Forces group, helps host it, but it honors all those that have died in, in the line of battle. Um, this is a Gold Star family, the family member that is running this. And for our video, or for our viewers the, that don't know what a Gold Star family is, they've lost a family member in the, li in, in the line of duty or in combat. Um, so she is running in honor of her husband and the, and she's being escorted by some of the special forces group people. So they get assigned a team and they escort them and they run through the, the entire course with them. So this, this course goes, like I said, over 10 K, uh, you, you bring everything that you're going to, that you think you might need. All the stages are run blind. So you're going through the woods, you pop out of the stage and they just tell you exactly what this, what the stage is and you have to shoot it blind. So, uh, each one of these, uh, runners before they start are issued a dog tag and that dog tag is in uh in memoriam of one of the uh, special forces groups uh members that have died during uh any of the conflicts since they've been here so it's a it's one of those things it's uh, a great cause because it's 100 percent of the proceeds go to support those gold, gold star families uh so it's a very generous cause uh, and it's one of those things that you just can't do enough for those families that uh, that have have lost their families that paid the ultimate price. And this lady right here on camera, her husband yep. paid the ultimate sacrifice in defense of freedom. Am I yes, right? And, and her son is also running. Yes, her son is not in the frame, but he is also running with her. So yes, that yes, that is the 
That's correct. Yeah. So that it's one of those somber moments. And at this point of the video, this is at the end of the day, we have a camera that has a really large sensor on it. So it looks like it's daylight, but it is actually almost dark out uh, during the time of this video. And by the time the, the sun ran after her, uh, it was complete, it was pitch black. So we, you know, we really couldn't get much more video after that. But, th but this was this stage you had to engage a bunch of threats. All of these stages are built after actual uh, combat scenarios where special where uh, where um, soldiers have died in those scenarios. So they've got into the gun battle and this is what happened. They got ambushed. So every scenario in these, you know, someone someone lost their life. And each one of those uh, stages is dedicated to them and built around uh, their service. Hey their, folks, their now if you want to learn a little bit more about this, go to our Roku channel and you'll mm -hmm. see two of uh, the Legion running guns there. And Scott, I think we need to work this up and put it into a full-blown 30-minute uh, show and put that also mm -hmm. on to on our Roku channel. Okay. Guys, hey, we're running a little short on time here. Uh, so, We've seen this. In fact, if you are a loyal viewer, you just saw it last week, mm -hmm. right? Now, in the studio with me right here, uh, I have an, an, another guest, and I'm going to put them right on. And here they are. It's the black. Uh, they call it black, blue, or whatever, but it's DLC. dark blue. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'm going to pass this over here. Now, you'll watch this. This is very, very uh, sexy, the way this uh, CGI <laughs> works. It goes this way here. Whoa. <laughs> and, and, and there it is. And Ursula so, has got it. These are all from want, Chris's personal wait, collection. Wait, wait, I won't. I won't. Hold on, right? Let me just. <laughs> mine? <laughs> and then I've got this one. We're passing them out. Give me one too. Right. <laughs> you see the stainless steel. By this, by this, this is a special commemorative edition, uh, a limited edition in 2019. So it has. This is all from Chris's personal. Coca-Cola grip. So anyway, why am I showing this to you? We don't need to talk about it because you guys have been watching. And you know all about this, Scott. Uh, I'm going to give you 15 seconds to talk about this gun. In fact, let's trim it back to 10. Right. Go ahead, Got Scott. It. Yep. So 380 uh, holds six, uh, holds seven rounds plus one in the chamber. This is the original uh, concealed carry gun. This this is one that kind of kicked it all off. Uh, that it was in an actually in a caliber that you could use in a defensive situation. Been used forever, and this gun is built like a tank. Uh, the the barrel does not move. It does not reciprocate or move in there, so it makes it really fairly accurate. This okay. this model here does have driftable sights on it. Okay, so that's great, Scott. <laughs> I think you, met, you you hit more than 10 seconds, but look, here's the idea. I told you last week we were featuring James Bond. Well, we're going to be right back with our first guest after this first break, and I think you're going to be surprised when you see uh, our, our break. It's going to be a precursor of what's to come later on in the show mm -hmm. if you stick around because there's a new James Bond gun. Uh, in fact, Q is going to show it to us right now. Q. 007. Ticket to Shanghai. Documentation and passport. Thank you. And this. Also PPKS 9mm short. There's a microdermal sensor in the grip. It's been coded to your palm print so only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. And this? 
standard issue radio transmitter. Activate it and it broadcasts your location. Distress signal. And that's it. A gun. And a radio. Not exactly Christmas, is it? Were you expecting an exploding pen? We don't really go in for that anymore. Hey, uh, that's Q, and uh, you got to watch that. That's from Skyfall, and uh, that's a tease for what's coming on a little bit later. We're going to hear more about smart guns uh, at the end of the show here. But right now, let's bring along our first guest, Mike. Mike Laverne from Tactilode. Mike, thanks for being on our show. Chris, thanks for having me today. It's a real honor. Hey, speaking of the honor, the honor is all of ours mm -hmm. because uh, it's not often we get a member, a retired member of the Secret Service uh, that's on. Is from what I understand, you guarded a lot of different presidents. Isn't that right? That's correct. I uh, started in the late 90s and uh, protected presidents that are no longer with us now, like uh, Ford and, 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 the, and the Bushes, the senior Bushes. And, you know, uh, we're all politically agnostic in the Secret Service, as I understand, because uh, we're protecting our way of life as well we should. And we want to protect our executive branch, but we also need to protect our, ourselves as well. Hey, tell us a little bit about Tactilode, will you please? So Tactilode was founded in 2020 uh, with our flagship product, the Flash 5 shotgun stock. It's a new design shotgun stock that holds five shells inside in an internal magazine, feeds out the bottom for both left and right hand users, and uh, never drops rounds, uh, holds all three different size shells, two and three quarter, three inch and three and a halfs for the goose hunters and turkey hunters out there. And it's just a better way to hold shells inside your shotgun stock. You know, I don't know why people haven't thought of that before. Scott, mm -hmm. uh, have you ever heard of that? I mean, what a great idea, putting uh, the shells inside yeah. the stock. Yeah, after after getting a uh, chance to take a good look at it, uh, it's one of those things. You know, there there have been other designs that you know hold uh, shells on the firearm, but this is probably the most streamlined and tucks them out of the way the best. So we're seeing the video here. Uh, yeah, there's nothing yeah. to say you don't want to have a bandolier uh, slung with uh, lots and lots of shotgun shells. But hey, when they disarm you uh, uh, or they steal that from you, you've got this little reservoir. Look at this. Tell us what's going on here, Mike. What on earth? So we, so we like to tell people shotgun stocks are hollow. You might as well put something useful inside of it, like a, a sandwich, something to drink, or some shotgun shells. Right. So we did the shotgun shells. <laughs> okay, so there's no so, uh, refrigerator included in this? <laughs> no adult beverage, no sandwich, just shotgun shells. Do I have a question for Rumble? Yeah. Uh, Jamish... Uh, 764 would like to know, is it legal for duck hunting? Yes, it does. It, that's a great question um, because you know, duck hunting, you can only have three rounds inside the gun, uh, but the stock feeds the user and not the gun, therefore making it legal. Mm-hmm. Now, I tell you what, this is a pretty sharp audience here. Uh, Brooke Stewart asks, says, I would assume it would have a slight reduction in recoil due to adding some weight. Now, mm. what about that? Uh, that sounds like a very perceptive idea. They come that right is. on that. What do you think, Mike? That's absolutely correct. Uh, that little bit of extra weight uh, does reduce some of the recoil, the felt recoil. 
but the extra weight, you don't even notice it because it's resting on your shoulder. If it was on a side saddle or farther out on the gun, you'd feel it. Mm-hmm. But because it's inside the stock, you, you, you don't feel it. So another question from actually from Facebook, uh, Tim Brown would like to know, do you have them for all shotguns? So right now, the two models we've make them for is the Remington and Mossberg pump action shotguns. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some limitations with semi-auto shotguns. A lot of them have large action springs inside the stock, which takes up all the space. Then we can't we can't put one on those. Mm-hmm. But we are working on some adapters for a couple of semi-auto models like the Beretta 1301, the Stoger 3000. Those don't have anything inside the stock, so we can make adapters for those. Oh, cool. Here's the next uh, photo we got rolling here. This sort of shows the cutaway. Uh, What a clever idea. Tell us a little bit about the engineering, Mike. So the way we place the rounds inside the stock, they're brass forward so that when you go to grab them, you have that brass lip to get a good purchase on. So if you have gloves on or wet hands, it doesn't matter. You can still grab that round really easily. And because you're holding it by the brass lip, you can't accidentally load it into the gun backwards in a high stress situation or you're trying to move quickly because you'd have to put your knuckles inside the chamber first. So it it forces you to load the gun correctly. One of the things I'd like to point out as well is that uh, the the way the reason I think that this device is superior over the other methods. One is I've been, you know, I've had to use it on uh, shotguns on duty uh, Mm -hmm. with side saddles as I'm carrying them. The the rounds are on the side that's closest to my body uh, because, you know, the way I'm got the rifle, the shotgun slung. So it's moving these things and it's catching. Need is the, is, is, is the mother of all invention, you know, necessity. And being in law enforcement for 30 years, I started off in a patrol car at a sheriff's department and our side saddles were constantly dumping rounds on the floor of the car. You'd turn a corner and you hear your rounds rattling on the floor all over the place. So uh, this stocks, you know, cured that problem. They can't fall out, not under recall. You can bang it into a a wall all day long you'll never hurt it the first reviewer beat it up against a tractor tire till his arms almost fell off and he couldn't knock one out or or or, or, or mess it up in any, in any kind of way it's 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 glass filled nylon it's stronger than the shotgun we rolled over it with an eight thousand pound forklift and didn't even scratch it um so are will this also fit like three inch magnums or just two and three quarters like yeah, so we, we designed it to hold all the different size shells, the two and three quarter, three inch, and even the three and a half for the turkey hunters and the goose hunters, you know, those large shells. Uh, I'm a big bird hunter, so I had to have the three and a half. So that, <laughs> yeah, so I designed it to, to hold those. Now, we, we don't, we can't put shorty shells in there because they will disappear, literally. You won't be able to see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can't put shorty shells in there. But what I recommend for people who are using the new shorty shells, load the magazine tube up with shorties, then put five of your favorite two and three quarter, three inch shells in the stock and just combat load them one at a time into the chamber, you know, when you're out and you need them. Right. Hey, Dennis asks a question here. Uh, Are any of the major builders offering this right from the factory? And I think that's probably in the future, but I don't know. Has anybody picked up on it yet? No one yet. We are in discussions with it. In Europe, they're already offering it uh, on, on, on a shotgun, but, uh, but not here in the U S just yet. So, uh, but it, you know, that's, that's going to come, I, I imagine soon. So yeah. here are the shell sizes that Ursula was just referring to. Mm-hmm. So it does. Oh, that's quite a few right there. Look yeah. at that. Ah, that, that's, that's you, you're getting that's most of all them. the things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cause yeah. my thought process, I'm like, oh, I'll probably just leave specialty shells in there. So like if I'm running bird or something like that, depending on the situation, I'll just have my stock full with slugs. 
And, sure. and, and Mike, this is one of the considerations. Uh, it's faster follow-up loads. Uh, uh, it, 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 was this a, had a lot to do with your thinking in producing this? So there's, there's actually some physiology behind this. Uh, if you have a side saddle and you're loading, your brain has to decide which one of those shells you're going to grab. You have a choice of one through six or however many is on your side saddle. Mm. And you may not realize it, but your brain is saying, I want this one. I want that one. With the, the Flash 5, they're in the same spot every time. There's no thought process there. You're just reaching back and grabbing until it's empty. So it is slightly faster in that regard. Uh, now, of course, if you've never used it before, your first time is not going to be as fast. But it, it takes you five minutes to get used to it, and, mm -hmm. and it is very, very fast. It's very intuitive. So one my, one issues I had with side saddles were pretty much like it is so susceptible, there we go, to, to heat. And that's why you start having shells like fall out. So we all know cops are like the like the worst people to take care of, like especially community equipment. <laughs> so like, so I'm pretty sure that same shotgun with that same side saddle sat in that same car, unless it was even a take home was, yeah, we had heat, all the elements. And therefore just over time, that's where you start having the shells start to fall out. Um, looking at just the construction of this and look like you don't even have that problem. Or if you do, it's going to be like super rare. So, uh, so Mike, yeah. uh, are there some other manufacturer uh, shotguns that you're working on that are in development in the in the future? Any other? Problems? We are looking at some other models. Uh, we have we have a whole slew of new products on the back burner cooking right now, and we're building prototypes and we're doing uh, design testing on stuff like that uh, for different models of shotguns and just new products as well. And let's finish up here. We're at the end of our segment, but this uh, removable sling swivel stud, what is, is that? That sounds like uh, some sort of a pickup line. Uh, if I'm... I'm like, from when? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a, a lot of sling swivel studs are just um, kind of like wood screws, and they just kind of screw into the plastic. And you can take them in and out a few times before you wallow, wallow that hole out and ruin it. Where ours is a, a brass insert, uh, uh, most of our screws go into brass inserts because it's repeatable and you can't damage it. Uh, that way, you know, take it off and on a thousand times, you'll never hurt it. Uh, and it's also a way that if it ever does get damaged, we can replace that part without having to replace the entire shotgun stock. Cool. Well, so, Mike, uh, two more questions. One, are you looking at a QD uh, sling mount? And the other question was actually from Facebook from Kevin Schultz. Want to know the warranty? So uh, I'll start with the warranty. It's a limited lifetime warranty, but we have a no BS policy. Uh, we just fix or replace whatever you have issues with. And it's very minimal. Uh, if if you can break it, I kind of want to see how you did it, honestly. Uh, but we will but we will replace it. That's uh, not a challenge, folks. You can break it if you try hard enough. Um, but uh, uh, and we are working on a QD uh, uh, connector as well uh, cool. for it. Hey, uh, uh, yeah, he's just kind of like, I hope you caught that on video. That's what <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just catch it on video. <laughs> hey, Mike, thanks for being on the yeah. show today. Tell our viewers and also our listeners how they can find out more about Tact Load. So the best way is our website, which is tactalode.com. Uh, but if you go to YouTube and just type in Tactalode, there are dozens of videos from reviewers. Uh, we don't pay for reviews. We send them to reviewers and hope for the best, and we get what we get. So all the reviews you see out there are, are, are non-paid. Um, we don't believe in that. I, I don't. 
I, I don't like those kind of things. Mm. So we just Good. send them out there and, and hope for the best. And, and so far, they've all been 100%, you know, positive. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for being on the show. And you guys head on over to tactalode.com. We'll be right back after this short message. Reload technology. Hey, let's bring on our next guest, HRT Tactical. They've got some great products, and without further ado, let's see if we've got Chris here. Hey, Chris, tell us about HRT Tactical. We got a lot of video, uh, some things to show folks, some 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 very nice uh, media. Tell our uh, viewers a little bit more. So in 2007 timeframe, HRT started as a training company. Around 2018, we started to look at the way the market was going. So we decided to become a production company. Uh, we've got quite a bit as far as plate carriers, placards, rear panels. We came out with our first light in 2022, and we have our first belt line for first line uh, tactical carry capabilities as well. So. So how, how did you get in the business? What made you, you know, I mean, you've been uh, associated with firearms a while. What was the real key moment that you decided, hey, we need to do this? So coming from a military background, you're always used to having kit available to you. And, and it's something for me and most everybody here at the company, uh, firearms and accessories and kit kind of go hand in hand, just as today you're starting to see night vision that used to be something that very few people used. Now it's kind of started to become more of a, a common usage tool. Um, but tactical gear has always been something that most everybody here obviously has been interested mm -hmm. in. So we thought, why not come up with our own designs, come up with our own ideas and put those out on the market and see how they do. So we've got lots of products and we can go through them one by one. And uh, what are we looking at here? I, I, it looks great. So this is our AWLS Advanced Weapon Light System. The head, it's about 90,000 Candelas, uh, 1700 lumens. Um, it's not all just hot spot though. There is some soft rings around the edges. So if you're looking at you know, more coyote hunting, it'll do the job. But if you're also in a tactical environment, it's also something that will be very capable of being able to spill into the room and be able to illuminate very effectively. Um, and you'll probably notice that weird tail cap on the rear. Mm -hmm. um, that is the ODA, the omnidirectional activator. So when we came out with the light, we wanted to do something different. Um, one of the biggest factors with lights is most of them run on pressure pads, tape switches, things like that. Um, that's something that's nice. And with the head, you can run that with other bodies. However, we wanted something that had some redundancies built in it as well. So the ODA can actually be screwed off. And after it's screwed off, there is a pressure pad behind that. So if for some reason that tail cap didn't work, 
you've got peace of mind to know that the light is still going to be functional. Okay. The omnidirectional switch was uh, that was a big hit uh, just uh, just a couple shows back, uh, and that that really uh, people really liked it, and that could be pushed in a lot of different directions. Can you expand on that for us? That switch is is a really key part on here, I think. So the omnidirectional it stands for exactly what it is. It's not just something that can be activated by pushing it directly in. It's got 360 degrees activation in a momentary capacity. However, if you push it all the way in, you can do a constant on. Mm -hmm. The head is programmed so that it is going to give maximum output to a certain point. But if you do leave it on, there are safety mechanisms in because you are using a lithium battery. Um, and then it's going to kind of reduce it down so that the power outage doesn't overdo what the system is capable of doing. So, but yeah, the omnidirectional activator, there's been a lot of requests to be able to make it available on other systems as well. Um, I think the designer of it is looking at something in the future. However, we're proud to run it on the AWLS. Okay. Uh, moving on to this other product line, what are we looking at here? This so like this is our Hydromax back panel. The Hydromax back panel is a flat pack. It is a quite large system, but it's very capable. On the rear pouch on the outside, you can run a zipper system or you can run inserts to kind of fit your mission needs. Um, the system does unzip on the top and it opens up. So if you need to fit something a little bit larger, it's definitely got that capability for you. Um, all of our gear comes in a multitude of different colors. We've expanded those. Um, we understand that God's plaid, multicam, uh, ranger green, you know, they're all pretty desirable colors. And we try to run those when we have the opportunity to get those materials. Um, but yeah, our... Maximus system, or sorry, Hydromax system, it is our best-selling panel. Mm -hmm. um, it is proprietary to our carrier systems because we do use a dual zipper system in there. But we also have a three-way connecting system. We do have a Molly interface that connects in. Plus, there is a Velcro lining system so that it attaches and you have it lined up. Then after that, you just use your zippers basically seal those up and you are secured in three separate fashions. So that way you've got certain cell or fail safes. Um, and it basically gives you the confidence to know that you're not going to be running around and your pack's going to fall off halfway down, whatever you're doing. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. No, I, uh, sorry. I got excited early because I saw a Multicam black. I was like, yes, it's the one like, just cool dark color. Hey, we but, had a question uh, from Tim Brown. Uh, I don't know if we, if he heard the answer, but, uh, the batteries, so tell, tell our folks about the batteries for the light. So Tim, the answer to that question is we're using 18650 for the long bodies and we're using 18350s for the short bodies. Um, that way we can maximize the illumination on the light system. Um, CR123s are great for backups in the long body, but the, the system is truly designed to run on a lithium ion battery system. Uh, Scott, uh, does this look like this is in your future for a run and gun? Because if you're carrying 50 pounds on a, on a 10 yeah. mile run and gun, uh, this might be the, just the ticket for you. What do you think, Scott? Absolutely. And uh, we, we are, in fact, uh, some, some of the kit has been sent in. Uh, we haven't had a chance to do video yet on it, but I have already done some video on, on the kit itself. Uh, again, with all the pouches on. 
magazines and the back panel as well. Uh, one of the really cool things that, that uh, I would like to ask Chris about is this specific material here that is integrated into it. Uh, this is a really cool feature that really stands out, I think, that gives it the rigidity and the durability that you need on these pieces of gear. But could you tell us a little bit about that? Got the question was, what is that specific kind of grayish material? Um, it's, a, it's a material called Tegris. Um, it's very similar to a carbon fiber, only not as brittle. Um, and the system that Scott had in his hand, that was our LBAC system. It's a load-bearing adaptable carrier. Um, and one of the biggest issues, if you're trying to carry a full tactical load, especially with side plates, radios, extra magazines on the side, that's all weight. Um, and if you're using a more traditional cummerbund system, it is going to start to sag and it starts to kind of get a little bit uncomfortable. So the cummerbund system, it is a Tegris sleeve. Uh, sorry, Tegris core. And then we have a nylon sleeve that goes on the outside that does give you more options for attachments. We also have a six by six plate sleeve that is available for it. Um, but yes, Tegris is a very rigid system. It stands up very well to weight and it also makes it a more comfortable carry over time as well. Well, thanks for being on the show, and uh, we'll have to have you back on again, uh, especially once Scott mm -hmm. uh, puts together some video and we learn a little bit more, see it yeah. in the field, a little field testing. Yeah. Scott? Sounds like a plan. Yeah, okay. All right, guys. Yep, hey, absolutely. we'll be right after this short break. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining us, for watching us, supporting us. Make sure you've subscribed to our email list by going to gunstuff.tv and filling out the form on the bottom of each and every page. Hey, let's bring on our next guest. Hey, we've got Kai Kopler and, and Brian. Kai and Brian, why don't uh, one of you, maybe Kai, start with a little bit of background and tell us how you guys got started. By the way, we had a little... Uh, uh, you know, MI6 wanted that particular clip to be shown during our show. And I've also told our editors that stays in. That's going in there. <laughs> and uh, uh, MI6, uh, they're big fans of Biofire from what I understand. That's that's what we understand as well. So we're we're building spark guns, which is basically the uh, the James Bond gun. So uh, I've got one of our, our prototypes here, but it's basically a, a firearm with a built in fingerprint sensor, facial recognition system. It's always locked by default, uh, and then it unlocks instantly as soon as you pick it up. Mostly focused on home defense, right? So nine millimeter striker fire platform, uh, designed to be kept like near the bed, nightstand drawer, something like that. Instant access when you need it, but you also have confidence that your kids uh, can't get a hold of it. Might as well start with the questions because I already know there's going to be a whole bunch of questions. So let me get let me get mine out yeah. the way here. All right, so um, who's this product designed for? Like, who is your intended customer for this? 
Yeah, so the gun's primarily designed for anyone who wants total control of their firearm in a home defense scenario. So they could be concerned about, I think every gun owner has gone through that exercise when they bring a gun to their house of how do they store it safely, but how do they how are they able to quickly get to it in an emergency? And so this is for anyone who wants total control over that scenario and uh, doesn't have to worry about who has access to the gun or what happens if, worst case, it gets taken from them, like having that gun potentially used against them. This platform is the only gun in the world where only the owner or somebody the owner chooses can unlock and fire the gun. Ursula, so, you had another question. Oh, yeah, I got a whole list of questions. Oh, like, gosh. <laughs> okay, guys. Because, not surprised. Also, uh, because the questions, the questions already yeah. started in on uh, Facebook and yep. on, on Rumble. So uh, another question is uh, basically how do biometrics work and will they work in the dark? Um, I already got a question that asked, would, would it work with gloves? <laughs> so. Yep. Great question. So I can just uh, sort of show you here. This is the right-handed configuration. So we've got a, a fingerprint, or, fingerprint sensor set here into the grip, basically be like underneath the middle finger of your dominant hand. And then there's a, a 3D facial recognition system set here in the back as well. The way that works is either the fingerprint or the facial recognition system can be used on like the gun. And they both run simultaneously, basically as soon as you pick it up or start to grip it. And so in terms of working in the dark, it works great in the dark. The facial recognition system is uh, uses infrared facial recognition, so it has no impact on you know ambient light or any or the ambient light has no impact on it in any way. Similarly, uh, with gloves or wet hands, the reason why we've designed the sort of the two redundant systems is facial recognition has no impact on gloves or wet hands, uh, and then similarly, the fingerprint sensor if you have holding it in like a low ready position or you're you know, in the process of pulling it out of the drawer where your face is not going to be behind the firearm, the fingerprint sensor works great. And so they complement each other very nicely. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a question yeah. for you. And we, we got a lot of media, so we're going to have to <laughs> switch to these questions yeah. here. Uh, can other users, can yes. you do more than one user at a time? Like mom and dad, for example. Absolutely. So the second part of the system here is the smart dock. This comes with every smart gun. Um, it's basically a, a nice five-inch touchscreen interface. It gives you the ability to add and remove users, configure users. Basically, the way it works is the, the owner is has full control, right? So uh, the owner has to present their biometrics to the firearm to do anything, to see the list of users, to add a new user, to disable a user, to change settings, to apply a software update if they choose to do that. That's all uh, under the control of the owner and only the owner's biometrics, right? BioFire has no ability to access any of that. So definitely one of the most common use cases we've heard is for, you know, maybe like, uh, you know, a woman wants to keep uh, the firearm in the nice sand drawer, but also wants to let their partner use it occasionally. She could enroll their partner in that firearm directly, and they, you know, he'd be able to use it as well. Um, key difference between our product and uh, a traditional firearm is this is the world's first ever fire by wire handgun. So basically, what that means is, you know, you've got a trigger here, and this is obviously uh, a clear for the purpose of this demo. But you know, you get your traditional trigger break, etc., um, just like you would on any other handgun. Uh, but the difference is in our system, the trigger is basically just a fancy switch. Um, it's actually mechanically, there's no trigger bar. It's not connected to the sear. Uh, and instead, there's actually an electronic fire control system that makes a decision to fire the gun as you're pulling the trigger. What that means is unlike some previous sort of failed attempts at smart guns, there's nothing to go in that you could remove. There's no like actual locking mechanism that's inside of the gun. Instead, all of those different pieces have to be used to actually cause the gun to fire properly. So it's designed to not just be very robust against uh, super smart kids and teenagers, but even against organized crime, right? If somebody has stolen this out of your out of your car or out of your house, the last thing any gun owner wants is to have that firearm covered at a crime scene. And so we've done a lot to make it really, really, really challenging to interact with uh, 
from that perspective as well. I got a. I have a question here from oh. a, a guy. It says John, the last name withheld. Uh, uh, working at the ATF, can we go in there and turn off uh, all of your customers' guns remotely? If you can, we want to make sure that all Americans have these in their possession. So it's a very yeah. suspicious question you got there, Chris. I don't know about you, John. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, the short answer here is the Firefox smart gun. This is not a, a smartphone. It's not some sort of IoT device or anything like that. It's got no wireless. Bluetooth, GPS, connectivity of any kind. It's a closed, local, hardened system. And the reason we've done that is, is exactly for the question you just asked, right? We don't want there to be any doubt, any question about whether or not somebody would be able to access that firearm remotely to disable it, control it, you know, whether that's our friends over at ATF or otherwise. Um, and so we've done really a, a lot of work around making sure this is super secure and serving the needs of our customers. And that means even BioFire has no ability to factory set a gun to see who's been enrolled into it. All that data is encrypted on the device using encryption credentials, uh, certificates basically Great. generated by the device itself. Good question <laughs> from Facebook. What if you sell the gun? Is it transferable? It is, yep. And basically similar to enrolling, adding users, the owner has full control. So they can go in, they can log in with their biometrics and factory set the gun at any point which basically would allow them to enroll a new owner, to sell to somebody else, to sell to a gun store. We, we wanna make sure that anything you can do with a traditional firearm, you can do with the BioFars market. And that includes selling and transferring. Obviously we encourage folks to do that you know, responsibly, uh, but we don't get involved in that process in any way. It's really up to the owner to, to make the right decision. So yeah. even though you said that this wasn't really designed for concealed carry, is that something that may be available in the future? Something that you're kind of thinking about, like making this just a tad bit smaller? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the so the smart gun that we have available right now for purchase, it's primarily designed for home defense. And we've put a lot of work in optimizing that for all the different scenarios that someone would be in, in defending their home. Having said that, concealed carry is another use case that people talk about a lot for gun ownership. It's probably a different product for us, uh, but we're definitely very interested in it. Mm -hmm. um, and it would probably be a different set of requirements that we build to. But yeah, absolutely. If people yeah, are. Because I was, uh, there's some questions yeah. about price point, and price point is sitting around fifteen hundred bucks, and some people are like, "Hey, I rather have one gun that I can use for everything." So yeah. some that okay. can still carry, and some that can also uh, use in the home. I don't think and, we refer to this uh, red dot here. This is something. Uh, did, did we blow by that in your description? Laser? Uh, yes, yeah, so there is a visible laser. You can sort of see it in my hand here. Um, that's optional, uh, and so it's built into the gun. Uh, and basically the way that works is it turns on, uh, by default, it turns on automatically. And this is going to be hard to do without dropping it, but it turns on automatically when uh, you pick that firearm up. Um, and that we found is for more entry-level shooters, uh, a very, very intuitive way to understand if the gun is locked or unlocked. Uh, we have an expert advisory council of, of SOCOM folks, of, of FBI trainers, folks like that. I can tell you every single one of them, they pick this up and their first question is like, how can I turn that off? Um, and the good news is it's super easy, right? So basically in addition to enrolling users, what the smart dock allows you to do is save kind of preferences on a per user basis, sort of like seat settings in your car, um, where you know if one user wants to have the laser on by default, another user wants to you know just be able to use the, the buttons that are here on the side, all those are options that are available uh, to the user. Oh gosh. And also uh, maybe because yes. uh, Scott and I are both nerds here, so ammo, what, yep. what's going to be the best ammo for that gun? Yeah, so this is uh, what one of the Biofire magazines looks like. Um, it's a pretty standard, you know, uh, form sheet metal, nine millimeter magazine. Uh, we're designing this to be compatible with any kind of ammunition that you'd use traditionally, right? So we've obviously put uh, 
many, many, many rounds of FMJ through from a testing perspective. But if you're looking at hollow point, et cetera, um, really any ammunition you'd see in a home defense environment, I say we're not going to warrant the performance of shitty reloads, uh, pardon my language, but um, uh, but any sort of good factory ammo, you should, shouldn't have a problem. All right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of warranty, what what is the warranty on something like this? Because right. you know, like a like a standard gun. I mean, even even a, a you know a standard gun is considered extremely low tech, no tech compared mm -hmm. to this thing. Uh, what kind of warranty does this does this cover, especially on the electronics portion of it? Yeah, it's a great question. So if there's any sort of issue with the design, et cetera, uh, that'll definitely be covered. Uh, and then. We offer, uh, you know, a standard sort of process around if you, you know, really like use it a lot, you know, you've shot 20,000 rounds, et cetera, uh, you will you know, need to buy replacement parts, but we make those directly available OEM or you obviously, if there's aftermarket parts available, you can do that as well. So we look to see a very similar kind of warranty and lifetime as a, you know, traditional sort of uh, polymer frame striker fired handgun. Okay. Yeah. And I love the idea of this. Like, it's like you have the dock there, uh, being able to have this in your home, the story, cause I've, I've grown up, you know, like for the last 20 years, I've had kids of all ages through my home as my kids have grown and, you know, and they're off to college and they're graduating college now and neighborhood kids playing. I know that my kids are taught firearm safety, but I don't know if little Johnny's parents down the street have taught him anything. So mm -hmm. I still can't leave a firearm out because you still don't know what that kid is going to do, even though my kids, you know, I, I've worked with them. Uh, it still can't, you know, even rely on that, right? Because they're still exactly. children. But with this, you can just leave this sitting out on the dock. Is that correct? And it just can stay out in an open place where it's almost like a piece of the furniture. It's like your speakers or something like that. And it could just be there ready to go at a moment's notice. Yeah, I can show you this real yeah. quick. But basically, as soon as you yes. pick it up, it unlocks. Um, and this is always super hard to demo on, on Zoom. But uh, uh, basically, I'll try to get the glare off that. Yeah, so you can see, basically, as soon as you pick it up, it lock, un unlocks. Mm -hmm. That's the green light there. Right. And then most importantly, you'll notice within a fraction of a second after I let go of it, it's locked. And because mm -hmm. of that electronic fire control system that I mentioned before, it's actually disarmed, basically. It would not fire if it was around the chamber and you pulled the trigger uh, slightly before the light even turns off. And what that does mean is, any time that it's outside of your control or somebody that you've chosen to add into the firearm, it's going to be totally unusable. Well, that's great. Tell us a little Guys, bit about. I, I tell you what, I Sorry. hate to interrupt here, but we are way over our segment. And and knowing this group, we would be talking <laughs> here for hours. Uh, now, yes. if people want to learn a little bit more about this technology, uh, for our podcast listeners, I know that your viewers are, are, are seeing it here, but our podcast viewers, uh, tell us, uh, Kai. Yeah, we've collected everything at sparkgun.com. So that's where you could put your deposit down. It's a 149 refundable deposit basically to save your spot in line as we uh, ramp up our manufacturing process, as well as we have a ton of videos. We've got a really good video of one of our team uh, with uh, chicken chicken grease fingers uh, unlocking the gun. Uh, we've got a lot of questions about that one on the internet. And then as well as explaining the process, et cetera, uh, as well as all of the reviews from folks like Ian at Forgotten Weapons, et cetera, are all mm -hmm. uh, at sparkgun.com as well. Well, guys, thank you for taking the time out. This is very exciting, uh, uh, you know, besides MI6. Oh, by the way, we want to have you guys come back, uh, Gun, We'd in the very, back. very future, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you release that smart blood uh, device mm -hmm. that uh, Q was using in one of the further <laughs> episodes of James Bond. And you I know, tell I you what, if anybody could do it, but... you guys could do it, for sure. Just not as young Next. as Q, too, so might as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, uh, didn't you think yeah. uh, we've got a lot of great products here, mm -hmm. a lot of interesting. Scott, yes. thank you so much 
for that gold star video. Yes. Our heart goes out to families that pay the ultimate price. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times I mean, you hear the talking heads on media going to war, Ukraine, do this, do that, and, and uh, pull out of Afghanistan overnight, leave them $85 billion uh, of mm -hmm. uh, product. You know, all of that stuff, it just seems so remote. But when you see a gold star family there, uh, Scott, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And just in time yep. for our celebration of Memorial Day. Hey, remember now, till next time, get your stuff from Gun Stuff.